Greetings, Crosspoint Church and friends. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. We've all been listening and watching the events of late surrounding the tragic and unjust deaths of men like Ahmed Arbery and George Floyd in the U.S. But except for discussions with my family in my own home, I have been one of those silent friends Dr. King speaks of. We all need to be reminded today of the brokenness of the stain of racism. And as Christ followers, I need to remind us all that there is no racism in the kingdom of God. Every single human being is created in the image of God. Each person is precious and priceless to the Father. And I would say this, let us not be naive and allow ourselves to think that Racism is a problem across the border in our neighbor, with our neighbor, the United States, but not here in Canada. I was reading an article out of Ontario earlier this week. Their Human Rights Commission studied seven years of data surrounding inter interactions between police and black residents, and they concluded that blacks are 20 times more likely to be shot dead by police than white residents. Racism is our problem. Racism is my problem. Racism is your problem. I have several suggestions to make. One, Let's all examine our own hearts before God. Allow the Father to look at your attitudes. Ask this question, as I am asking myself this question. Is there, are there any lurking traces of racism in me? Number two, speak up at, at the family dinner table. Speak out in your community and in the workplace. Number three, let us grieve these days with those who are hurting. Number four, we need to stand shoulder to shoulder with persons of color in our own circles, in our own Crosspoint family, in our community. We need to be strong and clear, we are one with you. And we need to pray for the hurting families and pray for yourself. Let's pray together. Father, to whom there are no secret thoughts, every heart is an open book to you. I ask, examine my heart. Father, help us all in these days to pray the prayer of the psalmist, search my heart. O oh God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. 
Father, give us as believers the courage to stand for truth and for justice. Give us the courage to speak when it's appropriate. I pray for those in our own families and in our church families and in our community. I pray for persons of color, our brothers and our sisters. I pray for those who grieve in these days. I pray for the hurting. I pray for the leaders in our land. I pray for our prime minister. I pray for Prime Minister Trudeau and Premier Higgs. Give them wisdom. Father, may they look to you for wisdom in these days. And now, Father, I pray for Pastor Dave Rowe as he comes to share with us from your word. Speak through him to each of us. This we pray in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Hey, everyone. So glad you've joined us today for service and uh, looking forward to really sharing uh, some good things that the Lord has laid on my heart over this past week. It's been quite a week working through uh, this sermon and preparing for it. There's been a lot going on in the world, as many of you know. And uh, just really have had, um, I'm not going to say a great time, but I've had a time wrestling through this and am excited about what God has been just opening up in my heart and mind uh, from his word. And so if you have your Bibles, either this type of Bible or maybe your device, you can go to Joshua chapter 6. That's where we're going to be today. Joshua chapter 6. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to be talking to you and sharing with you about a very specific thing where, as you know, we are in our series, uh, How to Handle What Life Hands You. And today I'm going to be talking about handling life obstacles. Now, I didn't say life's obstacles because I don't know if I could number all of them. But uh, when we do come up against uh, an obstacle in our lives, uh, it's a good thing to think about, how am I going to handle this? And so that's why I dropped the apostrophe S and I went with life obstacles. So the entire chapter 6 of Joshua, which is where we are today, tells the story of Joshua, who was the leader of the people of Israel at the time, and the Israelites overcoming an obstacle. And this particular obstacle was the city of Jericho. The people of God had to decide whether or not they would continue on the journey and in the direction that God had wanted them to go, or were they going to give in to what they saw as an impossible obstacle. In other words, were they going to continue to move forward in spite of this obstacle, or would they once again fall back into retreat into a space where they knew they would be safe? In other words, they didn't want to take action with it. And I feel that each of us arrive at a similar crossroad in our lives as we move through it at some point in our spiritual walk and just in our daily lives. God doesn't place us here without purpose. I know in my 56 years as a human being on this planet, uh, my life is got a purpose. God has set that in motion. And uh, he's got a divine design for each one of us. But as we seek to follow his direction, there are going to be some difficulties that are going to confront us. And we see that in this portion of Scripture, in Joshua chapter 6, Joshua is teaching us how to overcome an obstacle that potentially would keep us from following the will of God for our lives. 
And so I want to share three things today that I believe can help us handle life obstacles. The first is we can overcome obstacles through communication. Now, I've been around for a few years, 56 to be exact, as I mentioned before, and I have come to learn that communicating is a big deal, especially with people that are in your lives, uh, communicating with family members, communicating with people at work, uh, communicating with people that you come in contact with on a daily basis. It is vital to have communication, and especially communicating through obstacles. I want to pick up in uh, verse 1 and 2 of chapter 6 of Joshua, where we read about communicating. It says here, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut, because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, did you pick up on that? That's where the communication begins. The Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. So we see here that the communication starts right off. God is initiating it with Joshua. Um, I feel that along with this whole thing here that um, communication between God and Joshua was something vital for us to keep in mind. The major obstacle that was facing Joshua and the Israelites was this city named Jericho. If they could not conquer this city, then all hope for the Israelites was gone. They had to conquer Jericho. How would they breach the city? How would they scale the walls? There were, I'm sure, a lot of questions that were going through the mind of Joshua, and for that matter, even the people as well. Joshua had a God who communicated with him. And that very same God that communicated with Joshua is our God today. And he is still in the business of communicating with his people. Verse 2 reads this very specifically. And the Lord said to Joshua. Now a statement like this might seem odd when it applies to our lives today. Such communication from God though back then was common between him and Joshua. God told Joshua, see I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. And provided a plan for taking Jericho. God had already provided this plan. So at the outset of this, Joshua already knew what the outcome was going to be. We're going to take over Jericho. We are going to conquer it. And we are going to be able to move forward in the promised land. And so we see right there, the communication is a good piece of communication happening. God told Joshua what was going to happen. Whatever your obstacle, God is willing to cross it with you. He's committed to communicating with his people and providing strength. He's committed to providing comfort and hope as he communicates to us. If you are up against a wall and want to know how to deal with it, don't try to overcome that thing in your your own strength. Don't try to do it on your own. Communicate with God. And I might say with that, 
Let this be your first plan of action when you come up against an obstacle in your life rather than your last resort. Did you catch that? So when you're coming up against an obstacle in life, whatever it might be, why not try starting out at the first, communicating with God about how to get through this and how he's going to work with you to get you through or around this obstacle rather than trying all of the things that can just frustrate you and cause heartache and sickness and stress and using it as your last resort. Start right at the beginning. So overcome obstacles through communication. Next, we see that we can defeat difficulties through compliance. And when I'm talking about compliance, I'm not talking about knuckling under or anything like that. What I'm talking about simply, if you go to the definition of compliance, you'll see that it's willing obedience. One of the uh, definitions there. And that's what I really want to focus in on in this. We defeat difficulties through compliance or willing obedience. In verse 6 of chapter 6, we read, So Joshua called together the priests and said, So you see, he's continuing with communicating. But this is what he said. Take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it and carrying each a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people. So he's still communicating. March around the city and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. In the face of an incredibly great obstacle, we see here that Joshua complied with the plan of God, the one that God had given him. And even though he may not have completely understood the plan or its significance, he followed God. He willingly obeyed what God had said he wanted him to do. And he followed God. And then along with that, Joshua moved the people into action. And they willingly obeyed what Joshua told them to do. And so you see, they complied with the plan. They stayed within the plan. You see, God could use a man like Joshua because he was a man of faith. And he was also a man of obedience. He simply followed as God instructed him to do. And the people followed as well. Now, God instructed the people of Israel to do a few things at the outset of this. He instructed them through Joshua to carry horns, trumpets, if you will, along with the ark of the Lord, and he instructed them to follow behind this for six days, walking around the entire city of Jericho. They were not to speak. And then on the seventh day, God had added something else to the same thing that he wanted them to do. Yes, you're to march around the whole city of Jericho, but don't do it, just do it once. What I want you to do on the seventh day is I want you to go around it seven times. And so the people obeyed. Joshua obeyed. They said, we're going to do this, and they did it. They willingly obeyed the plan. On this seventh day, they followed the routine. They went around seven times. And then the one thing that was added to it is God told them to shout to the glory of him because of the city had been already delivered into them. And so the people followed through with it. If you think about this, what an act of faith this was. It was an act of faith incredibly huge for Joshua and the people 
to just march around the city. If you look back through the history of battles of this world, you will find that there is no battle that has ever been recorded that was won in this specific manner. Yet around the city, they all continued to march, and it was an act of incredible faith and an act of simple, willing obedience. And because of their obedience to God, it produced incredible wonders, wonders in the life of Joshua and in the people of Israel. We read nowhere in the account of the fall of Jericho that there was a negative spirit or discouragement or disbelief. And as they marched in this circle, and they went around circling after time, circling and circling around the entire city, I'm sure that they could see that this must have been possibly maybe insurmountable, seemingly an impossibility to conquer this, situ this city in this situation because they're up close to these incredible walls. Yet they obeyed, and obedience was the key to this. Compliance is the key to moving of God's mighty hand in our lives. If we want to see God's hand move in our lives, then we have to be compliant to his plan. We have to willingly obey what he has set in motion. And we continually find out how to do that by communicating with him, spending time with him every day. Many today, many people today, pride themselves on living within reason. But God called his people to live by faith, not just reason. We're to walk in faith and in obedience to his direction and leadership in our lives. And so it's important for us to know that we can do this by communicating and by complying. And then the last thing that I want to share with you today is this. Impossibilities become possibilities through confidence. In verse 20, when the people, this is where I'm picking up, it says, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the city and captured it. They completely destroyed everything in it with their swords. It was uncommon common sense to believe that God could make the impossible possible. Yet in the end, the walls actually fell. They did exactly what God said was going to happen. He was handing them the city. And you see, the walls were not the problem. Even though walking around that city for six days once, and then on the seventh day seven times, even though they may have seemed like the problem, that wasn't the problem. It never was. It was the people. And sometimes it's us that really is the problem standing in the way that we have trouble with and the difficulties that we have handling life's obstacles. God has the power to do as he chooses. We know that. I know that in my life. He has the power to do as he chooses, but he desires, he desires that we act in obedient faith to him. And when we do this, he takes care of our walls. He takes care of those obstacles. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 30 reminds us, 
And this is in the New Testament. The story of Joshua and Jericho is in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30, we're reminded of this. It says, By faith the Israelites marched around the walls of Jericho for seven days, and the walls fell flat. Joshua and the people of God, the Israelites, demonstrated deep confidence in his power. Not in their power. Joshua didn't think he had the power. But they demonstrated deep confidence in the power of God. And I want to challenge you today to strive for this kind of confidence in your life. Put to the test the power of God in your life. Communicate with him every day. Even as we go through some difficult times. What are the difficult times that we're facing today? Well, one big one is obviously this global pandemic that is continuing to wreak havoc all over the world. And then other things that we see in the United States, we see it blowing up with this whole thing of racism that is just causing people to come unglued. And we need to be dealing with things like that, and it's very difficult for us to see these things. We need to put to the test the kind of deep confidence in God despite ugly things that are happening around us today. And so we know that uh, if we read through the entire story, and I didn't read the entire story of Joshua 6 about the fall of Jericho, but we can see, and I want to challenge you as well maybe this week to go back through and read the entire chapter 6 of Joshua and see about this. But I want to bring this all to a conclusion with this. Along with um, putting to you and, and encouraging you to strive to deepen your confidence and faith in God, I want to ask you this. Does your reputation, does our reputation as a people of the one true God, our testimony, go before us like it did before Joshua and the people of Israel? Because if you read into, into the chapter a little bit further, their reputation had already gone ahead of them before they even acted out this. They knew that the God of Israel was going to uh, give the city over to them if he so desired. So I want to ask you this. Does your reputation and your testimony and the faith that we claim to have in the one true God precede us? Does it go before us? Is it seen and heard in everything that we do and say? Everything. How we interact with the people in our family. How we interact with the people that we work with. How we interact with our neighbors. How we interact with the news that's coming our way. Is our testimony and is our reputation of being a, God, a people of the one true God, the God of this universe, preceding us. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 27, it closes off by this. So the Lord was with Joshua. I want that to be known in my life. So the Lord was with David Rowe. And his reputation spread throughout the land. And so I want to just ask you that. Is God's reputation flowing through you and is it being seen as it comes out of your life in these crazy days? You know, it takes a lot 
to live our faith out in times of turmoil like we're living in in these days. And in Hebrews chapter 11, the first two verses say this. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. And it says it right there. It's how we can handle life obstacles. It's our faith in God. I could go on and on. If we jump down to verse 32, it says, I could go on and on, but I've run out of time. There are so many more accounts and examples. Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, all the mighty warriors, the prophets, through acts of faith, simple acts of obedience, they toppled kingdoms. They made justice work, took the promises for themselves. They were protected from lions, fires, and sword thrust. They turned disadvantage to advantage. They won battles. They routed armies. They were protected from, and the list goes on and on and on in this portion of Scripture. I want to encourage you to be about writing your account and testify of how God is helping us, helping you handle life's obstacles. I want to thank you for joining us today in this time of worship and digging into God's Word. And I hope that the things that I've shared with you from His Word has been an encouragement to you in these days. I want to encourage you to not get caught up in all of the uh, hype and rhetoric that is going on out there today that we're hearing about in the news. I want to encourage you to be people of God, people who just take pause before we snap off some comment, people who seek to find out and understand those that are around us, those that are living in our communities and that we interact with every day. People who are black, people who are white, people who do different things uh, around our community. Seek to understand them before we make any judgment calls. I want to encourage you to be about that. That's what God wants his people to be about. Because through that, we can come alongside each other and we can handle the difficulties and the obstacles that we come up against in this life. And so thanks. Can I pray with you today? Father God, you are the Holy One. The only one who has that title of Holy One. And Father, we recognize today that we are nothing without you. Father, I recognize that you have a design plan for my life specifically. And it is unique only to me. And each person that is listening in today, you have a specific plan and purpose for them as well. Unique only to them. And Father, I pray that during these days, days that we could say are ugly, that are filled with turmoil, that are filled with uncertainty and, and potentially hopelessness, days that we 
have no idea how it is going to play out from start to finish. With this pandemic wreaking havoc, Lord, and the virus that is causing people to become incredibly sick and even to the point of death. And to everything that is going on, not just in the United States, but around the world, where people have allowed racism to come in and to just turn the world upside down. Father, would you help us to look to you first to communicate with you and to, Father God, to willingly obey with the plan that you've set in motion. And Father, that you would help us to deepen our confidence in you. Father, would you speak to us? Would you use the church to be a catalyst of peace and hope? Would you use the church for what you want it to be used for, and that is to carry the good news of the gospel of Jesus? Would you help us not to be divisive? Would you help us to be used to bring us together, to support and work with and comfort and encourage each other? Father, I thank you that nobody is the same, that we're all different. Diversity is a big thing. But yet, Father, we can come to you and you love each and every one of the people who are living today around this world. And I pray, Father, that they would see that love coming out of me to them. That they would see that love coming out of your people. Father, help us in this time. Father, we're crying out to you. We seek your wisdom. We seek your guidance. And we ask, God, that in everything that we do and say, that it would be honoring and pleasing and glorifying to you. For we ask this in the strong and in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ, the only hope of this world. Amen.